I, I think that especially when it comes to basic instinct and showgirls and stuff like that, I think when Paul Verhoeven, he really shined the, the most in his career is when he would partner up with other people who are kind of similar in style. I mean, partnering up with Joe Esterhaus, who wrote Basic Instinct and Showgirls, like that was such a good partnership because both those guys, Joe Esterhaus is just slimy as fuck as a person. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of a podcast directed by, I am Dave and my co-host is Mike and we are talking more about Paul Verhoeven. So Mike, are you excited? You must be really excited for this episode. Uh, it's pretty nice, this yeah. double feature. This sexy pretty episode. Nice. This is pretty good, yes. Uh, this one, a little bit easier. If you have followed and listened to Mike on other podcasts or followed him online, one of, one of the things that he says often and i will constantly quote him saying this so you'll hear it a lot is needs more fucking and that's usually mike's complaint about romances in film is there Mm -hmm. should be more sex on screen and this week mike you get your wish you get all kinds of fucking with these two movies because we are watching basic instinct and showgirls which amazingly paul verhoeven made back to back so he was really he was really in some kind of mood uh, during this period of time in his life. so Yeah, that is a long state of arousal for him. <laughs> his years in uh, production. Uh, but, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll take these as they come uh, here. Are both of these films really that sex positive, though? Because that's... I don't know Ooh. about that. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into okay. that for sure. So, you know, kind of leading into this, I'm sure you've seen at least Basic Instinct before, even though I had not. This was my first time watching Basic Instinct. You were some uh, sort of freak. And right? I had seen Showgirls, <laughs> which is very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you expecting going into this after, you know, our previous uh, Total Recall and uh, RoboCop, like going from ultra violence now to, I guess, ultra sex? Like much, of course, there's lots of violence in these movies too, but definitely of a different sort than kind of the science fiction violence. Well, okay, that's uh, I'll, I'll make this incredibly awkward for you and mm. for the listeners in general. Excellent. Uh, here's my take on it. Here's my introduction to Basic Instinct because uh, this came out like when I was like nine years old, and I had seen RoboCop and Total Recall at that point. I didn't remember. I, I told you I didn't remember RoboCop, so I, clearly I wasn't into it. <laughs> and I guess there's not a whole lot of personal growth from me <laughs> as like a kid to like being in my mid thirties where I'm like. No, I was right then. Don't care for it. <laughs> me is fourth grade, me. great film critic. That's <laughs> Total Recall, loved it. Go back many times, watch that one. Um, so I'm seeing stuff that has excessive violence. Uh, like I think probably most American kids, I mean, that that seems to be okay, right? But then we put sex on screen, that, that's terrible. No, we can't. <laughs> so my introduction to Basic Instinct was having my mother recount the plot details, like telling me like a bedtime story. Here's what happened I in Basic Instinct. I wish this was recorded. I would listen to that right now. She 
like most people, she doesn't like the sound of her voice because I've tried to get her on my podcast, my main podcast, like even to do like five minutes just on something. And she's like, nope. And I've even tried to like secretly record her and she's always aware of what I'm doing. And she's like, I'm going to strangle you. And so I stop. Um, it's probably a smart I move remember, on, your, on your part. That's... <laughs> my What I remember Basic Instinct was being into movies at a very young age. Thanks you know, a lot to my, my parents. Um, I remember this trailer playing on my VHS copy of Terminator 2. Like it might be like the very last trailer before the actual movie starts. So I was like I was all about basic instinct and I didn't even know what it was. I'm, you know, pre-puberty, so it's not like cuz I'm like a teenager, I'm not a pervert yet, although I'm just I mean I'm knocking on the door on I'm the being cuff, a total pervert. Ready. Yeah. So I'm just like what is this movie? Like you know what basically like <laughs> the way you should be like what happens next? What is the story you're offering me? I want to know what happens. So I asked my mom, like, can we rent that? What is this movie? Like, I'm watching Terminator 2, like, over and over again. And she's like, uh, no, you'll never see that movie. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and so that, of course, as a kid, just makes me more interested. Of course. And I'm like, well, what? You know, like I said, pre-puberty. I'm like, what? Innocently enough, I'm like, why can I not watch this movie? Like, it's just like, you know, I want to know basically who did it. You know, it seems like this woman's a killer or she's not. What happens? So she sets me down. She's like, all right, I'll tell you the story. And, and let me tell you, it's a pretty brief story when you leave out all the sex. That yeah. Happens. <laughs> it's like five so, sentences long. There's not much. Uh, so this was like, uh, you know, when I did catch up with it and maybe because I didn't like being spoiled, even as a child, I kind of stayed away from this until... Maybe the late nineties. I felt like mm. I finally checked out like on DVD and um, I found it, you know, pretty engaging then. And that was like, not for like the sex stuff. Right. Wasn't even for the plot. Cause I knew the beats of it, but I thought Sharon Stone, I was like, wow, she was, she was really cool in this. Like she's a great character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sort of like how <laughs> emasculated Michael Douglas is throughout <laughs> pretty much the entire film. Uh, although he's too stupid to get that he's being emasculated. Um, so I was definitely looking forward to seeing this again, but it's not like uh, with my sort of long-winded history there of it. It's not like this is an old favorite of mm-hmm. mine. I think I'd seen it once, maybe twice, like, but that's it. So this is the first time like with adult eyes watching it. Right. Little dated. It's a little dated. Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean I think any any movie of this type from the early '90s, it's gonna be. I mean this is this more than 25 years old like you're it's it's gonna be dated but uh i just want to say this movie fucking rules i love this movie uh, okay so i would not expect that from you because I... <laughs> when i talk about it being dated you know i mean i, I remembered enough about it to know that it was like extremely controversial and you know people the the gay community was not happy with it initially but i don't know did the gay community adopt this film like, a little bit down the road a little okay. bit and i think you know i kind of read up on you know what people were upset about and i I understand it, but I think it's more of a it's more of an issue with the movie industry at large than it is this particular movie. Um, you can have gay characters who are damaged. You can have gay characters who are killers. You can have gay killers who are sociopaths. But when that's all you have, when there's a pattern of that in movies, that's when it becomes a problem. And this became a really easy target because everybody was talking about this movie. It was huge. I think that's something people may not realize who are coming to this later, who weren't around. Uh, in the early 90s, but everybody was talking about this movie. And not just the infamous crossing and uncrossing of the legs, but the movie itself was talked about ad nauseum. And I 
Well, there was a mini genre after this came out. Yes. Like even Sharon Stone. Uh, Sliver right back? after this. Was that a Joe Esther's? Is that yeah. how you say his Joe name? Joe Esther House. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Esther House. That's how you say his name. Esther Haas, I think. Haas. Yeah. Oh, look I think. at you. I, I've never I, maybe heard. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Is he still working now? Not really. I think he wrote the last one of the last things he did is he like wrote a wrote a book on uh, on his experiences in Hollywood and kind of how slimy it was and how slimy he is. And that was kind of the last oh, okay. people heard well, of him. Got it. He was big. You know, you talk about yeah. the film. He was big. I mean, he was making you know millions on. He was like Shane Black. He was making millions on spec scripts. Like, oh, it's a new Shane think, Black script. I think at this time, this was the the like most expensive script ever written. Like it got bought for just a scandalous amount of money, and everybody wasn't that the origin of the project. Money. Was he just wanted to see if he could break the record? And yeah. So it's like tits, ass, ice pick. Yep. Done and done. The magic work here. Um, I well, I just wondered about the you know the dated nature of it, just because. Do you think in 2019 the sexual elements remove the ice pick? Because I, I think <laughs> stabbing someone. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> During sex, probably still a little taboo, little but <laughs> the the walk on the wild side that Michael Douglas goes on here with, you know, being tied up, um, you know, the, the fact that Sharon Stone is playing a bisexual character, is that still as like, because this was a mainstream hit, so it, you could see, like, you know, in the heartland, people were like, that is the craziest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> right. Would it? Right. Does it still have that effect now in 2019? It doesn't, and the reason this movie still works is Sharon Stone's performance. Like, yes, it is really fun it's perfect um and i think it's something you still don't see a lot of whether the mystery ends up being that she is the killer or the mystery ends up she isn't what's more important is her oozing confidence in this role especially for an actress who is relatively new she hadn't done a lot of work before this i mean she had done total recall uh with this with with verhoven before but just she owns every inch of this script like well, she couldn't really get... kills here like much like I guess Elizabeth uh, Berkeley uh, in the second half of this episode, uh, they couldn't get like a star to basically yeah, go. There were like here. ten or fifteen. I was reading up there like ten or fifteen people that got offered this and they all turned it down. Like a, a Which Douglas is reasonable. Oh, it is. If you don't want to be naked on screen, there's no real way to do this no. part. Yeah, and that's actually one of the things I love about this movie is how upfront the movie is about what it is. Like the opening scene is a sex scene that ends in murder. Like, okay, this is what you're in for. There's no pussyfooting around. There's no like, oh, then we'll, we'll meet these characters and we'll talk to them a little bit before the moment. But no, we get that literally within the first two minutes of the movie. And you get uh, you get some more. Um, so I'm guessing now if you watch it, you're going to see, and I watched this on my uh, beloved uh, stars. Um <laughs> But did they have the unrated cut, Mike? Or yeah, you... because the oh, okay. uh, what you get in that opening sequence is you Ooh, get it's uh, rough. <laughs> more uh, thrusting. I don't know what you get. You get more. The, the sex continues after the man is being stabbed. Like yep. this, which I mean, it's you very, know, if you've very gone someone, girl. That's... If you got to send them to their death, you know, don't, don't stop. Don't stop now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> at least give give that man some happiness before he yeah. passes out from blood loss. Um, <laughs> I think now if it if it released, you know, unfortunately, probably the biggest, you know, taboo you'd have to cross is you would just have more dick in it. I mean, that's that's yes. still the thing that we're, we we will not have, uh, you know, yeah. Ben yeah. Affleck, you brought up Gone Girl. If you freeze frame it just right, you can yeah. see like unless you and McGregor is of, in a movie, we're not getting dick on screen. That's that's apparently we're Kevin not, Bacon, we're Kevin Bacon. He's the other one. But other than that, 
Nope. But we're not getting them in a sexual scenario. We, no. we will not get an erect penis. Uh, no, because it's immediate NC-17. Like, the MPAA just won't have it. Like, it's just like... And Mr. Uh, Verhoeven tried that with the back half of this episode, and it failed, yes. initially at least, to go go that route. Um, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about... Like, most of the sex shit's fun. Even when someone's being stabbed, it's yep. all fun, right? Because it's so disconnected from presumably what could happen, um, mm-hmm. which is going to be very different. Like, I thought of, like, how differently this plays with <laughs> anonymous uh, rock guy having sex with what appears to be Sharon Stone, but we don't, you know, we don't actually know mm-hmm. uh, a blonde with an ice pick. Uh, and it's kind of cool and still kind of sexy in a way. Mm-hmm. And it's shot that way. It's shot like a sex scene where a stabbing just happens to ha- like happen. Yep. But it's still like a sex scene, which is very different from like, you think of like Cape fear with Robert De Niro with right. that thing where violence happens to a woman and she's tied up, but we know her and it's yeah. like an actual assault. Um, there is one element of the film, which also plays in, I guess, the extended cut, which uh, makes clear that the Douglas character uh, basically rapes his on-again, off-again oh, lover. Oh, not basically. Full-on. Like, But the difference is in which version you watch. Oh, right? Because I think in the theatrical version, it just looks like the start of Rough Sex, and then we cut like smoking. Oh, like, interesting. Yeah, because I only watched yeah. the, the kind of unrated version, and she clearly says no. Um, and I yeah. think it's it's a really interesting decision script wise and direction wise that they have that sequence, and then the next sequence is them like cuddling and smoking in bed and kind of talking this out. And it's like I feel really uncomfortable, like almost more uncomfortable with this scene than the previous scene, and they're both very disturbing. But just that she's like, okay, I guess we'll talk this out. You know, that wasn't making love. That's the closest we get to talking about the fact that this man, our protagonist just raped this woman. And also, by the way, let's just get out of the way that this is one of the worst depictions of a therapist. <laughs> like this would never happen. The fact that everyone, cause when the movie starts, you know, he's quote unquote, accidentally killed two tourists and he has to go through like this kind of mandated therapy with, with her. Uh, so I thought like, Oh, they just didn't tell people that they hooked up. Ends up. Everybody knows. And they're still allowing this to be pushed through, like her to be his therapist, even though they had an on again, off again sexual relationship. I was like the whole movie. It was like the one thing in a movie full of outlandish things. The one thing where I was like, come on, like they easily just could have had a thing where it was a secret that the two of them had ever been together. And then you get rid of that whole problem. But the fact that the entire precinct knew about it is a little strange. Well, I mean, there's unfortunately or fortunately, if you you know find it entertaining, um, Verhoeven, he's quick to have like secondary characters uh, pointing and laughing at yes. all of the, you know, the sex stuff or, or violence, I guess, that's making the audience uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's like it feels like <laughs> Verhoeven, unfortunately for him, is like the Gus character. The like chubby partner who who you just know is gonna get killed at oh, some yeah, point for sure, and he's uh, constantly just spouting off about like her pussy must be great. Like if you're gonna be this stupid, <laughs> like Jesus, really? That's what we're doing? <laughs> like I mean, I know it's yeah, 1992, you know, he's, but he's, he's the Greek chorus that's offering advice, but not advice that he would actually follow. Oh no way! Like would, you know, if definitely... the situation was switched, <laughs> he would not be yeah. listening to reason. <laughs> uh, I do like that he brings uh, his friend, his partner, Michael Douglas, pizza. You know, he interrupts one encounter by he's coming up the steps with pizza and 
uh, drinks. That's, uh, he seems like a good guy. I didn't want anything bad to happen to him. Um, I don't know how to feel about the girlfriend character of Catherine Sharon Stowe, uh, Roxy. Yeah, Roxy. I think her name. Yeah. Uh, because totally she pointless. Is, well, and she's maybe going back to 1992, like she's treated as like the other, like, ooh, uh, ice cold lesbian like someone this attractive woman who would not in any way shape or form be attracted to michael douglas there must be something wrong with her there's something off with her that she must be a psychopath because she has no interest in our you know typical attractive movie star and that that the way that's handled is not uh it's not graceful i guess and it it feels it feels like it's purely for shock value like, oh, look, she has a girlfriend. Oh, look, her she wants her girlfriend to watch the two of them have sex. Like, it's just this constant. And, like, you could take out that character and, like, really what would change? Well, you have to have an alternate, right? You have to have an alternate killer. And she's sure. not ever the most convincing one. No. Uh, she does have a <laughs> – she has a pretty good stink eye. She's, she gives throughout the film. <laughs> um. To me, the you know the more interesting uh, alternate is, is Gene Triplehorn, and that's yeah. you know that's uh, fortunately for me what keeps me like engaged with like you know the plot uh, such as it is that uh, there's maybe this decades long you know sort of mean girl mm-hmm. uh, rivalry that we have between Transstone and her, um, and and you know if you want to get into the sexual aspects of it, like you know she represents this. The conservative, even though, as you've pointed out, it's not really conservative the way their relationship starts. They're crossing some boundaries and lines. Yeah. But she's played as like the vanilla like brunette and mm-hmm. like the sexy blonde is the one that's like, you know, showing him what his life could be. He's already a maniac. He's already shot two <laughs> people. Um, and he had like constantly you know, drug drinking, problems, using alcohol, drugs. You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's weird. You know, clearly that's what for Hoven he wants to embellish he wants to embrace you know the the sort of dangerous tendencies and the choices people make because that's what's more fun right mm-hmm. like go with the go with the rogue don't go with her uh but the movie only starts to get like really interesting when gene Triplehorn, you know starts to antagonize him a little bit like mm-hmm. I, could, I could watch this repeatedly and you know as i said it's not like one of my favorite movies but i think it still holds up as like you know trashy entertainment just when everyone is berating Michael Douglas, <laughs> everyone is basically calling him a big dork. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> and it's like challenging him to do more risky shit. Yep. Um, you know, th- this is definitely uh, sort of group think gone wrong, which I get, I guess putting myself back in 1992's headspace, I could see why the gay community would probably be like, all right, no, we don't, we don't want this. Like <laughs> we, right. we don't want this to like, you know, challenge the conservative people to like come into this world and then be freaked out by it. Right. Like that's, you know, that's not the way to go I'm about this. I'm not convinced I've ever seen anything as funny on screen as Michael Douglas in a club. There's nothing funnier to me than that. Yeah. The, the deep V. The deep V. I was just like, yeah. what are you doing? This is not real. Look, it's only, uh, <laughs> it's only made okay-ish by the fact that Roxy is just doing this like really obnoxious, yep. like not at the Roxbury style, like dancing, Ooh, like it's this not good. dance off thing. Mm. Uh, but Michael Douglas looking like totally out of depth. I am like, hey, it actually works here. This is actually, you know, it yes. should be that way. Yes. I actually read your letterbox review, which I completely agree with. There is something wonderful about seeing Michael Douglas just simultaneously aroused and confused for a good two mm-hmm. hours. Like it just, it's really on point. And I think he's actually very good here because it's kind of, it's kind of a thankless role, even though he is our, supposedly our protagonist, our main character. 
Like he is just essentially there to be in awe of Catherine Trammell. And that's kind of it. And to just constantly make the wrong decision. Like from the very beginning of this movie, like, cause she, she warns him, you know, she's like, I'm writing a book about a detective who falls for the wrong woman, essentially telling him that woman is me. And if you were smart, you would leave and never come back. But he is so entranced by her. And of course he is. I mean, look at her. She's gorgeous and she is pushing well, his boundaries and he's is, the audience surrogate here. Yeah. I mean, it's, strange. it's usually not the like hotshot cop. Right. <laughs> who's got drug and alcohol problems who shot people. That's a big stretch. But in this world, Verhoeven actually pulls it off yeah. where he is, you know, the, the pent up every man who's now getting to, you know, experience things that, you know, the, the people sitting in the theaters and I too were like, as I said, that's the crazy shit you'll ever see. Like, Oh my God. Like this was something that was built up that I had to have my mother have storybook time with me <laughs> to explain what the fuck is basic instinct. Yep. And you know, I, I, I'm sure it would have been torture if I was like, 13 years old <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know as a nine-year-old i was like that's it oh, okay all right all right and they don't even tell you if she did it at the end or not she just got a, a ice pick in the bedroom just you know just in case it does feel like i mean i think that is one of the weak points of the script is like it really could be anybody like the it doesn't necessarily point to who the killer is like you could take if you take out that last shot of the movie then it, it could have been Dr. Beth Garner. It could have been Roxy. Like it just, none of it really adds up, but it's, I think it's more meant to be fun than it is to be like, have it all add up. Like it's, it's much more important for, as you mentioned, like us to just be really into these characters and really into, you know, being pulled into this world. And I think it, I think it accomplishes that. I think we've talked off air about this, how like there are some movies that are, five-star movies of a certain genre or five-star movies of a certain type that like they accomplished everything that they wanted to. Like you can't really compare, you know, apples and oranges, even though they're both movies. And this I think accomplishes absolutely everything it sets out to and does it in a really entertaining, fun way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I'm, it's, it's funny, like, you know, critically, like it's got a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes and, you know, I don't, and I mean, a 41 I, I on a, Metacritic, even lower. Like it's look to me. It's like you, if you buy the ticket to this, uh, I'm assuming it's got like a 90% success rate. Like you should know, like if you saw the, you trailers, know what you're getting, if you're into. sort of aware of it. Yeah. Like I, I think that if you're willing to buy into this type of movie, uh, knowing the, the content, that there's going to be a lot of sex, uh, and just like, <laughs> a lot of like really amped up nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you actually put it perfectly like where in the end doesn't really matter who killed, you know, if nope. she, it's just, you know, Michael Douglas, he's just, <laughs> he's just fucking pussy whip, man. And I love like, by the just... end. He's like kids, no kids, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want. Rugrats. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. No. <laughs> so I guess I, uh, I don't really understand how it's like divisive. Like I, I truly understand that, you know, maybe half people would have no interest in this type of material at all. Sure. But if you like are mildly intrigued by it, I agree with you. I don't really know what it does to like set you off. Where you're like, well, that was a terrible mishandling. How could, how could right. they mishandle from the opening where we have a sex scene with an ice pick and a man is stabbed and they're still fucking. And then after <laughs> and that, then it really went too far. It yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. Exactly. I think it's, you know, it is what it is. There's also a couple like relatively, and I stress the word relatively subtle moments in this movie that I really like. Like you mentioned the scenes where, you know, where Beth, kind of antagonizes him. And there's a moment where she kind of attacks him physically and then immediately stops herself and then says, 
oh, I haven't basically I haven't been like that in a long time. And it's totally glossed over. And then later in the movie, you're like, oh, this is actually a key to this person's personality. Like, this is the person she used to be. She has lost it before. She has gotten obsessive before. And I like that little moment. It's something I didn't even realize until, like, you know, 25 or 30 minutes later into the movie that, like, oh, that was actually important. Because I, given what he has done, I didn't feel like, like, yeah, it's excessive that she is striking him, that she's going after him, but he kind of deserves it. Like, he's kind of being a dick to her for the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, but then you look back and you're like, oh, there's actually something there. So, you know, and that's that's a well-written script. You know, it knows knows what it's doing, and it's doing it really well. Look, the the moral here is uh, let your crazy out at a certain point. Maybe maybe the other person that's that's what they're seeking out. But <laughs> if you wait too long, they're gonna think you're faking it. You're you're a poser with your your crazy nonsense. So, uh, you know, Douglas, <laughs> I don't know if it's just like you said, Stone just presents this air of confidence. It's like no, this is this is how the world actually is. My world is like this. Not a big deal. I enjoyed having sex with the rock star, so I did. That's all there's to it. Like, and it's like it's yep. mind blowing to all <laughs> all of the the nerd herd in the room smoking their cigarettes. They're like, wait, that's that's how the world functions? I, I, I wasn't even aware of that, so... Would you tell us the nature of your relationship with Mr. Boz? I had sex with him for about a year and a half. I liked having sex with him. He wasn't afraid of experimenting. I like men like that. Men who give me pleasure. He gave me a lot of pleasure. You ever, uh... Engage in any sadomasochistic activity? Exactly what did you have in mind, Mr. Corelli? You ever tie him up? No. You never tied him up? No. Johnny liked to use his hands too much. I like hands and fingers. You describe a uh, white silk scarf in your book. I've always had a fondness for white silk scarves. They're good for all occasions. But you said you like men to use their hands, didn't you? No, I said I like Johnny to use his hands. I don't make any rules, Nick. I go with the flow. Did you kill Mr. Boz, Mr. Amell? I'd have to be pretty stupid to write a book about killing and then kill somebody the way I described it in my book. I'd be announcing myself as the killer. I'm not stupid. We know you're not stupid, Mr. Mel. Maybe that's what you're counting on to get you off the hook. Writing the book gives you an alibi. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Um, I, you know, I I can see someone having some issues with the dream, Gene Triplehorn character, as far as you know, if they, if they watch the version you and I watched, <laughs> where. I, and I honestly wonder, does it play better? I'm not trying to cover up for the Douglas character, but I do wonder if it plays better without that sort of rape sequence. Which, I guess, it being a Verhoeven film. You know, we have just to have gotta one. have it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because then, you know, then maybe I don't revel as much in her um, antagonizing him or like playing his game because it, it feels like this weird thing that he's done something to her to cause that, as opposed to her, her like sort of taking the the reins and like right because she's smart i mean she knows this guy like you know so it's like she shouldn't be caught off as guard as what she is by Mm -hmm. him and uh yeah so i'm 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 gonna be the brave soul on a movie podcast say hey 
let's not have the characters rape each other. Maybe How about less that? rape. More sex, less rape. That is Mike's yeah, that's official why, stance. That's why I came into this where I was like, is it as sex positive as I you know, yeah. had always thought it was? And no, prob- probably not. But it's still fun. This is a fun thriller. So we mentioned all these actresses that almost played Catherine Trammell. So among the list are Kim Basinger, Julia Roberts, Greta Skaki, and Meg Ryan. Uh, yeah, that was not going to happen. Yeah. Also, In Mich- the cut. Uh, almost a decade later you get yeah, that that's yeah. as close as she came and then michelle pfeiffer gina davis kathleen turner ellen barkin and mariel hemingway along with demi moore um so kind of a murderer's row of these like amazing actresses of the late 80s early 90s and they all turned it down and it i was thinking about it and the vast majority of them i just keep thinking like i don't think they would have done better than sharon stone like Sharon Stone is phenomenal no. in this role. I mean, if you saw Total Recall, uh, you would think like, oh, she should obviously get that part. But even apparently Verhoeven was open to like finding basically a bigger star, which, look, given the landscape, you know, you may think, hey, this is not going to go over well unless we have two stars who are basically saying, right, this is OK to come watch us right. <laughs> fuck on screen <laughs> in weird ways. Um, but yeah, like what we started talking about earlier, like to me more, you know, without this film, there's probably no striptease. Yep. Now, there there was a point in the mid nineties where sex on screen was okay and uh, god damn it. Like, you know, we're we're far removed from that. Now, I'm not saying all those films were great, but uh what was another one? Uh Jade was yep. one. Yep. Also uh, I think uh the same screenwriter. Astro House. The Sagan. last uh last seduction also yeah. with the, yeah. the same lead actress there. You mentioned uh, Sliver. Um I'm thinking, you know, indecent proposal was probably already in production. But yeah. you know, sex as a commodity uh without you know love uh being intertwined okay. with it was definitely on the brain then and um i don't know you know i think we're gonna get to the film in this episode that probably <laughs> killed it they murdered it yes yeah. um so before we do that uh where do you stand with verhoven now like you know we haven't talked a lot during our discussion about this movie about his direction in particular um but this seems like after watching his other movies, like it just seems, even though it is a sex and violence movie, it does seem like higher class. Like he does really take his time with locations. You know, everything is much prettier and much cleaner. Of course, that's in comparison to Total Recall and Robocop. So it's a, you know, a big stretch given the subject material. But what do you think of Verhoeven, you know, moving into Showgirls? Well, I would think at this point he's uh, just being a bit more honest with himself or with us about what he's what he's interested in. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I was a big fan. You were you were not with uh, Flesh and Blood, uh, <laughs> which is you know this is the sex as a weapon uh, to be wielded against one another in fantasy trappings, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it makes sense in the the context and the you know the time period. But it's also like okay, clearly that's having seen this now, that's what he's interested in. Right. Um, I also think that's totally on brand for me that the one with the least amount of sex, RoboCop, is the one that I'm like, yeah, that's that shit. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> so want the guy gets shot in the dick, not interested. I would much rather no, people actually have yeah. sex on screen. Yeah, I, yeah, this does feel like at least so far, kind of the perfect storm of what Verhoeven is good at, uh, and he really hits all his marks here. Um, so, <laughs> going into our next movie, it might be a movie where he doesn't quite hit all those marks, and maybe sometimes. Sometimes success breeds great work, and sometimes success breeds work where you're like, oh, I can do whatever I want? All right, let's do whatever I want. Uh, So I think that's where we're headed. Uh, We'll take a quick break now uh, and listen to Jerry Smith of the Pod and the Pendulum podcast uh, before we move on to Showgirls. (laughs) 
but it's such a different mill than Basic Instinct is. Like, Basic Instinct gets you on the edge of your seat, whereas Showgirls, you just want, it's kind of like pizza and popcorn, you know? And, like, if there's ever a movie in his filmography that would be Mystery, Mystery Science Theater 3000, or a, a, a film that you'd want to talk and, like, not joke about, like, make fun of, like, it's shit, because it's not, but a movie that you'd like to just kind of do your own fan commentary for, it is Showgirls, because it's fun. All right, so we're back now to talk about, I mean, I think it's fair to call this a cult classic at this point, uh, mm. Showgirls, uh, because this is a movie, I'll just start with my experience with Showgirls, this is a movie that I remember when this came out, I didn't see it when it came out in the theaters, um, all I knew about it was like, oh, it's that sex movie with Jesse Spano from Say by the Bell, that was like the the big deal, her becoming... I mean, literally, almost literally, an adult actress at this point, given given the or subject of Taro. Yeah, I mean, that was—that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that was that was the big deal, and I I remember being interested in it, but then just for whatever reason, didn't end up going and seeing it, which is ridiculous. I should have. I mean, I was 16 when this came out. This is like the perfect the perfect age for this kind of movie. Uh, and then, of course, it got lots of negative reviews. Uh, won some Razzies for the worst movie of the year. And mm. props to Paul Verhoeven. He showed up at the Razzie award ceremony and accepted his reward. I mm. really respect that. When people yeah, are like, Sandra oh, you Bullock hate- did yeah. that later. Oh, yeah. You hate my movie? Cool. I still want that award. I, I, I kind of respect that. Um, but then it became it became a cult classic. And kind of like, if you know, if you spend any amount of time online, no matter how bad a movie is, you will find people who love it. Like, and not yeah. in a cult way, but just in a way of like, no, this is actually a very good movie. So it's like, okay, there are people that like this. I'll check it out. And I watched it for the first time about a year, year and a half ago. Um, and to me, it is a very enjoyable movie, but it is in no way good. This is hmm. not a good movie. Um, although the first time I watched it, I don't think I, I had seen all about Eve before, uh, but I didn't really get that that's what he was doing. And then I watched it this time and I was like, oh, this is can't be all about Eve with boobs. Like that's, that's what this movie is. And then I looked up and I was very happy because I guess Verhoeven playfully calls this movie all about evil. Cause this is exactly what he's doing. It's he's making his raunchy version of all about Eve, not as good of a movie. as all about Eve, but essentially telling a similar story. So what's your experience? Uh, how were you going into watching showgirls? Well, okay. So all about Eve, uh, I feel like that's <laughs> it's probably dropped a little too much when it's like, oh, women competing. <laughs> like, and it's like all about Eve. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, that's it's sad that it's like that we have that. If we, what do we have for men in that regard? Like, we, we, we have so many options. It's like we don't have one that defines it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Wall Street comes to mind. Like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of options. Yeah. And you don't hear that one. It's like, yeah, it's, a, it's just like Wall Street, a modern. Wall Street. <laughs> like, maybe if it's like Boiler Room, you know, but, you know, that didn't that didn't turn out so well. Nobody really remembers that. So and neither did the it. sequel for Wall Street. There you go. So, you know, uh, my experience, I would have just turned 13 when this came out. So unlike Basic Instinct, uh, you know, the rabbit ears were up for this one. Where I was just <laughs> like, all right, you know, I'm ready. By nook or crook, you know, I will I will find a way to watch this and i believe i had to is that the phrase by nook or crook is it by hook or crook it's one of those two i don't know which one it is they're both fucking old i don't know why (laughs) you know either one of us would be using it but i don't uh, know either 
Yeah, and it's definitely not our demo for uh for the Showgirls episode. Should have done that with uh, John Ford dropping that type of terminology. Yeah, Instead, we went with you know a reference to Kevin Smith and Jizz. So, uh, yeah, we, we are we right on it. We're good yes. at this podcasting bit. Yeah, um, first experience. I think I recorded off of like HBO or Cinemax. You know, when it came to pay cable, so it's like you know a year or eighteen months later, and it was like great. Like you, I'm gonna get to see boobs. And I was like, ah, this is really, it's really fucking boring for long stretches. Like, it's really bad. And I don't even know if I watched it all the way through. I maybe got to like the first, you know, strip club scene. And even then, I thought something was off. I was just like, is that what those places are like? Is that, you know, it seems. Okay. So, you know, watching it now, because at that time I had no experience with it. And it's not, you know, that's those, that's no. not how people interact. No, that's not the uh, faces, um, you know, those young ladies, those performers make Miss Berkeley. Like there's apparently there was no research done. OK, let me let me interrupt you for one second. I'll let you get back to your point. All right. But as I was watching this again, I had this realization that I don't think Elizabeth Berkeley has ever seen a human being talk, walk or move their hands before she did this role, mm, because yeah. it is like. I would say it's like she's on speed or on coke, but it's different than that. It is just out of control out of this world like nothing you have ever seen and i don't know if this is her choice if this is verhoven's direction but i don't know and it's not even the sex stuff there's a sex scene later in the pool with kyle mclaughlin which is insane but even before that just her interacting with people there's a scene after she gets her stuff stolen so i was in your suitcase nothing just stuff everything i had I just got here. Welcome to Vegas. You know anybody here? You got any family that you can call? I don't have any family. Where are you from? Back east. From where back east? different places and she's meeting the person who would who will become her best friend and just her interactions in that sequence are inhuman and i cannot get past it for the whole movie because she every time flame. she interacts she throws bows a lot you know if she was in the nba she'd be she'd be well she'd get into many fights you know yes. uh, in the 80s and 90s you know there'd be fights and now she could be a flagrant one back. or two or something um <laughs> Yeah, um, I looked it up. It is by hook or crook. Uh, there's a, in Google, you know, one of the top searches is uh, meaning in Hindi, which is strange. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, she's pretty terrible. Uh, the, the stripping scenes are pretty bad. So, you know, you were talking about how you get online and you'll, you know, you'll find a defender for anything, which it, it, it's fine. You know, so, yeah. someone who made this, I, I always. You know, I don't believe that, especially a film with this budget and this type of release, that there's some sort of disingenuous joke being played on us. Like, like, oh, I know I'm making trash, but isn't it great? Ha ha, look at all this. Uh, so I believe there are people that thought that they were, they had some sort of aim, clearly a little more comedic here, you know, mm -hmm. a little more campy. Uh, I don't think sure. it's like a total accident. Um, no. But I, who I do find disingenuous <laughs> are, are people that, because I saw this when you, you posted this. Uh, there were a lot of people that's like a classic. 
And it's like, did you see my response? I did. Is I showed it, is my it wife. though? I was <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I think because I'm just thinking, like, okay, so do you watch it a lot? Whoever these people are, like, responding to your tweets, do you actually do you actually sit down and watch this? Like, like seriously, like, hmm, good film. Or do you just remember, like, you know, watching it like with some people over, like, drinking and pointing and laughing at it, and it's like that. Right. That doesn't make it great. You had a good time watching it. It doesn't mean what those you are were two very different great. things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching this, and I, you know, I, I, I would believe someone like saying like Basic Instinct is a uh, you know sexual thriller classic. Or mm-hmm. I would even believe people saying I prefer that to Gone Girl or something. You know, similar sure. similar movies. Showgirls. I I'm just gonna say I don't believe you, whoever you are, <laughs> people. I you know I think it's it's bad. It, it, I think. You know, there's one element of this movie that I enjoy, which is Gina Gershon. I was just going to say that she's the only one who seems to know the type of movie she's in. She seems to be having a good time. And she she understands, she clearly understands the camp nature of it. So she is playing that to the hilt. Like, not in a way where it's like, oh, I'm going to act poorly, but just like, I am going to act like a queen for this entire film. And she does it, and she does it really well. And she's very comfortable with who she is in this movie, and she... You can really tell how bad Elizabeth Berkley is always in this movie, but it is especially noticeable in the scenes between her and Gina Gershon. Like, it's just like one person is completely in control and the other person is a mental case. Yeah, I think it's a problem I'm, you know, starting to have as I've, you know, watched Mr. Verhoeven's work this month is that I don't think he really cares too much about his performers. Like, and I don't think he helps them a lot to make them look good. Like yeah. I think you know, there's this weird sort of nihilism to his his work and I feel like that maybe he's like that on set. Maybe it makes him like a joy to like work with because he's like oh, Do whatever I don't really you want. Care. Yeah, whatever. You know, just okay, you you know, I asked you to get naked, you got naked. What more you know, I can't ask more of you. What more <laughs> we'll can fix I fix it ask? in post. There's a monkey, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, you, when you said Elizabeth Berkeley's, you know, she doesn't know how to like talk to another human, she doesn't know how to like walk into a room if there's another human there. Um I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes. I have up the. Thankfully, for once, they actually have like a real critic like up there, as opposed to like these people that start writing for like blogs like two years ago. <laughs> uh, Gene Siskel, the top one, and I mean his line is, "Is it sexy? Not when you're laughing." And <laughs> I think I think that's my issue with it. So like when people yeah. like say like they've rediscovered this or it's a cult classic or you have those inane midnight shows with it uh, where people treat this as a social act. You know, watching movies is not inherently like a social thing to do like it right. i've said this before in a podcast like i watch movies by myself all the time mm-hmm. it's not really any fucking different because i'm not an animal i'm not like talking to people like right. hey would you, you like that part you like that are you enjoying yourself like you having a good time we're not <laughs> good at huh? a restaurant huh? where i'm yeah. like on like you know we sit in a dark room and we stare away from each other at something else <laughs> talking after the movies is, is social so anything that becomes you know gets a great deal of acclaim for being some sort of thing you have to see in a group where you talk during it. Not a good sign. Yeah, I don't think it's a good sign. So I guess I just don't believe the people. I, I think for the most part it's bad, and it's not as – I don't think it's like even attempting to be that funny. I think Gina Gershon is. I think yes. uh, whoever plays like the sleazy club owner, he's oh, kind of attempting Robert, to be. Robert Davi, yeah, who plays Al. There's a really good documentary about him uh, called Davi's Way that I saw a couple of years. I don't think he ever got released. Huh. But he <laughs> he is a character – he also knows the movie he's in for sure like there's a there's a whole sequence after after she leaves and she's gotten her job and he like very touchingly leaves the room and says trying to get come on 
Like that is his. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, you know, I was watching this uh, with my wife and she told me like explicitly to not repeat any of the things <laughs> she said while she was watching it. She's going to be on the record. She didn't care for it. Uh, but Smart I was woman. like, I said, like when that scene happened, I was like, that's a strangely earnest delivery for that line. And she <laughs> looked is. at me like I had three heads. She goes, is it really? And I'm like, yeah, I think it, it kind of sticks out as a strange reading that they went with. Um, I mean, it's a strange line. In general, it's well. It's hard. But the yeah, way it's, hard it's to sell. the way that he just tries to pull it off. Like I hate it, but I also weirdly respect it that he just mm-hmm. like really went for it. And like this is the tear jerking moment, <laughs> like in the script so, for him. Okay, the problem I have, like you know, if this is just gonna be like trashy fun, you know, we have um, her her friend uh, who has this like I don't know, like one of those like. Las Vegas performers or whatever, like a you know, who who is this supposed to be? Is I think this... he's supposed to be a magician, like one of those like Chris Angel types. I guess you know, like, so that's, it's like that's some, how I took it. You know, some idiot that's like a celebrity, like a C level celebrity. Yep. And she, you know, she gets in, she gets to meet this guy, and what's he do? Being a Verhoeven movie, uh, he, him and his like two henchmen, his two like security people, they rape her, and yep. they like at a party, at at a party with like. A hundred people. Yep. And you know, so I guess I'm just like hard pressed. Like, who are the people thinking this is just like a fun fucking movie? Like, because if you keep it with Davi, if you keep it with Gina Gershon, mm-hmm. you could you could impress that upon me. Yes. The weird rape sequence. Um, and also, this... it's not only a rape sequence; it's a rape sequence designed to punish that character, right? Because you know she knows that her friend. <laughs> pushed Crystal Connors, Gina Gershon's character, down the stairs. She knows it without a doubt. And she says, okay, we're not talking. But then, because this celebrity is going to be there, she decides to be friends with her again and decides to go to this party. Like, so, and immediately after that, she is taken upstairs and raped by by three men, one of them okay. being this guy. And it's so, it's ugly. It's gross. And it and for me, it doesn't... And it happens so quickly after that phone phone call... That it like it's not something like oh I can see how they're plotting this out. It's just like it's this immediate like I don't like you anymore. Oh, this guy's here. Okay, and then rape, and it's so quick and so ugly, and I just so the biggest difference to me is like Basic Instinct. You know where we open with a man being killed (laughs) while he's having sex with a woman. You assume is you know has to be consensual. She's on top and she's tied him up, right? Sure. So you can't make the assumption that he deserved it, at least from what we know, in any way. Um, that one is about characters like revealing things about themselves that seem honest. So even if they're playing this game of dishonesty, this sort of cat and mouse type thing, you know, they, they can't help but reveal fantasies that they have. And I don't feel like they're punished for it. You know, there, there's, right. uh, there's actual life and death stakes there, but they're allowed to, you know, express themselves in some new physical way without immediately being punished. And this, this case it's a woman that has a crush and is like, oh, I'd like to meet that person. And he 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 and his like gang rape her at a party with other people, and that's just gonna be allowed in this like this world. Uh I yeah, I don't know. I don't who are the people at like the, the Rocky Horror, you know, midnight showing this that are they like having fun during that sequence? Yeah, like, I hope I, not. I mean, I hope the fun is had in the sequence after that when our lead character Nomi apparently is an expert in martial arts 
uh, and kicks the shit out of not this good guy. enough. Still not good enough. Like if you, <laughs> yeah. you, you you're gonna play in that world, you know, the, he needs to be thrown out the out the window. Like if you want to go right. to those extremes, like now you're deciding to be grounded. Like oh, she beat him up because if she killed him, then she would go to jail. I'm like oh, so in this world. Now, now we're going to play it like, well, we can't really do that because that would be a bridge too far. And it's like, <laughs> really? That's the I don't, line. I don't get it. Um, it's it's too fucking long. You know, it's not. Yes, uh, it it's over two hours. I mean, yeah, Jesus it's Christ. two and ten. That is way. Too, this movie just begs to be ninety minutes long. Like, come on, come on. There's, you know, for my money, there's, you know, there's a little, you get way more nudity than you get Basic Instinct, but. Yeah, there's it's doesn't even reach the semblance of being as erotic as Sharon Stone smoking in the back of a car. Yeah, like that's none of it is even talking. close to sexy. Because what do we have in terms of in terms of these sex scenes? Right, we have the the Kyle MacLachlan getting a lap dance and coming in his pants. Not that's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about that it could moment. Be played funnier. That that's a, yes. that could be a funny gag, but it's yes. not not really. Yeah. And then you have the pool sequence, which is horrible. Just one of the least erotic sex scenes ever put on film. Just I mean, the mechanics of it are kind of hard to understand. Like, like it's that <laughs> is not how human bodies work. <laughs> I, I have seen, you know, the freeway sequence from the Matrix, and I think I understand how things happen there more than yes. doing this pull sequence. It's not good. It's not. I mean, then you have the rape sequence, which is not a, a sex scene, certainly, and hopefully, I played a little dirty, not erotic. I brought up to people that are having fun and laughing at this. I'm like, all right, let me go to the very end here when this innocent girl gets raped. You having fun now? You having like, that was a little <laughs> bit dirty pool on my part, but I, you know, I just, I can't really separate it. Even if we're like, let's just stay with the stakes of girl in this sleazy strip joint becoming a showgirl. Right. Like, I think the film needs to be stripped down to that anyway. Yeah. But even there, like, does she really want that? Again, we don't really know if this character really cares that much about it. Like, cause she, she insists that she's a dancer. I see no evidence of that, like <laughs> based on, <laughs> based on the things that happen. And the only character that seems to confirm that for, her, like you brought up a good point, like with the, the girl that gets raped for like giving her friend a second chance, like daring to have a crush on a celebrity. That's her, yeah, her greatest yeah. crime. Um, we have this one character, this guy that sees her and strip club and becomes infatuated with her and says, you actually have talent. Like I could teach you something. She doesn't really believe in him. But then when she like does the movie slaps her in the face and us by showing that he just picked up another girl from that same club. Right. Who can't. The funny thing is though, he says, well, she can't dance, but I've seen both of them. And I'm like, what, what is the difference from what they're, what they're doing? I, I can't tell. I can't, oh, I, I forgot. That's the other sex sequence. We forgot when when Nomi and James, this character that you're talking about, are, you know, the she learns his dance very, very quickly. Uh, and then they start making out during it. And then there's a whole sequence about her being on her period and having him check. That is, uh, is that the sexiest scene in the movie? Is that like the closest we get to anything erotic at all? I think probably some of the most erotic sequences have nothing to do with sex. It's the moments when... Uh, when Nomi and Crystal are together, and Crystal is kind of teasing her. Do you like my nails? Not as nice as yours. Maybe I'll help you with yours sometime. If you want. Isn't that nice of you, darling? What are friends for? On second thought, 
I'm not sure I want you to do mine. I'm getting a little too old for that hoary look. <laughs> I'll think about it. Okay. Close the door on your way out. And then yanks kind of the rug out from underneath her. That scene actually works because, I mean, not to be mean, but because Elizabeth Berkeley isn't talking in those sequences but Gina Gershon is so those are the scenes that work the best yeah I mean just watch uh I I guess this is the episode where I just go to the Wachowskis where I'm just like just watch Bound you know Bound oh much better came out was this a year before or same time period maybe I think it both were 95 um yeah that sounds right uh Gina Gershon you know just watch just watch a, a sort of like cat and mouse flirtation game there with Jennifer Tilly. And it's like, I don't know. It's like the difference. It seems like, and probably didn't matter to the target audience. Then it should matter. Now I assume the people are still like holding this up as some sort of classic or not like 16 year old dudes now, or even like 20 something. Cause they would be like, why, why would I sit through over two hours of that? We have, I have the internet now, like broadband. Right. Internet. Yes. <laughs> you don't know how lucky you are. You kids, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I can't imagine anyone looking at Elizabeth Berkeley as anything but like a child, like playing at adult games here. Yeah. And so that's why Gina Gershon comes off. She comes across as she actually enjoys like being sexy in some way. And yeah. she enjoys the power. She enjoys the game. Yeah. Absolutely. There are multiple scenes where Elizabeth Berkeley seems put out that people find her nude body attractive, but she spends 70% of the movie naked. So what are we supposed to do with that? What? <laughs> why am I being scolded by the main character who's always naked? Yeah, I mean, I I do think it's it's interesting because I have fun while I watch it, but not for the right reasons. Not because it's titillating, not because it's good, but because it's a very very easy movie to make fun of, and kind of the only respite from that is Gina Gershon. Like she's, I mean, Comic Lachlan, I guess is fine here. I mean, he's not actively bad and maybe that's just in comparison to his scene partner uh he doesn't seem actively bad because i like him as an actor although he he tends to do kind of over the top stuff i mean his best work is with david lynch so you're not going to get any sense of normality in his performances so he's weirdly kind of perfect for a movie like this um and almost seems understated in his performance in comparison to Elizabeth Berkeley. So maybe that puts his performance a little bit over the top for me where I actually enjoy it. And it's just a, a poor comparison. Uh, but it's unfortunate that uh, that Nomi is our main character. Because she is, she's on screen almost 100% of the time. I mean, um, you could... Okay, ruining you, things left and right. It's a very different movie, right? But, like, you could still have her... <laughs> this is going to make me sound terrible. Like as a just physical presence in the movie, right? Like there's a movie here where everyone's reaction to her uh, is more interesting if it's just like the new person that's in the show. And it's like everyone just talking about her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we don't need to actually like follow her hopes and dreams because she doesn't seem to have a, and like, you know, we get this weird reveal in the third act where she's like, she was a prostitute once and it's just like, okay, so who cares? Hey, she's a prostitute like three times. One of those times in San Jose, I'll have you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I noticed that as I was watching it this time. I was like, oh, San Jose? What? <laughs> Get out of my town. Representing it here. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so the movie's like infatuated with like calling her a whore in some way and uh, yeah. her insisting that she's not. And <laughs> that's the big <laughs> twist is like, well, she technically that was a 
job title like previously on her resume and i'm like I, why do i give a shit about this you know if she had like murdered you know multiple people right. that's one thing right but then i'm also asking and, her to throw that guy out the window so maybe that's just my hope <laughs> maybe should have murdered people yeah. i think it's actually the one thing that this movie has in common with basic instinct uh, is that both of them have a mystery that no one really cares about too much. Like, it's not it's not a matter of like, oh, oh, it's finally all the pieces fit together. Because, you know, this movie really lays a lot of breadcrumbs that something is going on. Like, you know, she's carrying a switchblade with her at all times. She's being very, she has a lot of animosity for almost no reason from the first scene in this movie. Never talks about her past, always avoids these questions. So, you know, you know, it's coming. Like, the reveal is out of nowhere, but it's still not a surprise. Like, when it happens, you're like, oh, so it's that. Okay. I mean, all those things, all those little personality traits are, like, justifiable just from the line of work she's in, right? Or just feeling like she has been right. treated as a commodity. A You're piece in of danger meat. at all times. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I, I get it. And so the, you know, the the structure here is if she gets this job where she moves up in the world as and becomes a showgirl, even though it's pointed out by another character that – you know, it's, there's a certain facade to it where it's still people just wanting to come look at tits and ass. Uh, right. You know, I, at the very least, she's gaining some safety, right? And that, like, mm-hmm. for whatever reason society says that's, that version of that is okay and this version of it is unseemly and you're worth less. Like, and it, it, right. it, I wish it focused more on that aspect of it where if she's going to, I think in that reveal, she talks about that she, you know, did sex acts for, like, $50 to, you know, a hundred or something like that. And Kyle McLaughlin says he's paying her a compliment by saying she has no like self-worth, but he's saying it like in <laughs> you're the fuck of the century. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, he's saying it as in like, you know, we have to like reset the terms. Like, like it's like a marketing meeting here, like, or something. Um, I don't know the movie. Like I, I, and he I, goes from the scene before that, he's like, I could fall in love with you. And the next scene, it's like, let's talk about your race. Well, I can't fall in love really... with something that cheap. I mean, you know, I, I, have, I have standards. Now that I know what the what you were previously valued at, you know, you're not. I don't know. The, the film could lean into that. But instead, I think it's just like it and the people watching it. Uh, I would question how they truly feel about sex workers in general. Like, is this yeah. a, you know. A segment of society that is okay to laugh at, that just sort of revel and like you know the absurdity of their life. I don't necessarily think so, and so I don't. I don't yeah. have as much fun with this at all. Yeah, it does. It does feel strangely, especially for a movie that's become a cult classic. Classic. It's so. It hates all of its own characters. <laughs> yes. Like just <laughs> none of them. Like maybe, maybe Crystal, maybe Gina Gershon's character, just because she's so sure of herself. But everyone else in this movie is horrible. And everyone knows they're horrible. There's not even really a mystery about it. Like, it, even at the beginning, you have, like, the best friend character. That seems like, oh, this is the good person. And then they punish her worse than anyone else in the film. So, yeah, it's it's a rough watch, for sure. But, I, I don't know, for me, worth it to watch once just for Gina Kershaw. I think she's great. Although, you're right, Bound, a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Also starring her, better, I mean, this is a show about direction, probably better directed too. It seems like during this movie, Verhoeven seems kind of uninterested in doing much with the camera. He's just kind of like, Hey, look, naked bodies and a little bit of violence. Have a good time. Well, kids. I mean, there's like, probably a little bit of, you know, somewhat resting on his laurels as far as like, Oh, we're going to do mm-hmm. a mainstream NC 17 release. So <laughs> let's right. get as many naked bodies as possible in this shot. And what <laughs> yes. we're doing with them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll Maybe- get to that. 
<laughs> you know, I, I just assume that this, uh, you know, international filmmaker uh, is a little more worldly than good Lord. You know, I, I think I knew more about strip clubs at 18 <laughs> than he does right. as far as like, that's not really, <laughs> that doesn't look like how they operate. And I don't know that, So there's a no. weird disconnect between we're going to show you something you've never seen on screen before, but we're also not going to like accurately represent it. And we also want to kind of condemn it in a way, which I, I don't know, just poor form. I actually like, you know, we're getting to the end of the show. Like where you say like, where would you be with this guy? I I would say like, Oh, you give him a lot of money and he just shit the bed. And I'm just like, (laughs) I, you know what? Fuck this guy. That's, that is my, the strongest take I've had on this, this podcast format. Quickly you turned. I would just like, yeah, because it's like basic instinct. I'm like, okay, so maybe I like misread you. Maybe like your view of sexuality is not like not where I thought it was because you got a bigger canvas to paint on, and this is how you want to sort of push that forward. And I mean, (laughs) you know, is it any different than uh, like the Red Shoe Diaries or something that you would see like on was like Showtime or Cinemax or something? Not yeah, really. And it's interesting because I think if you look at, you know, to kind of wrap up both of these movies, I think if you look at Basic Instinct, like just the plot, just what happens, including the sex and like what your mom told you, the whole thing, is it really that different from like a Showtime late night movie? Not really. It's just better performed mm-hmm. and better shot and done in a sexier way. But this um, one is not. But this, I, this I is not. This is worse. <laughs> I think this like skips showtime late night skips cinemax or skinemax as my friends and i called it back in the day and goes way below that and this is just like there's so much nudity and so much over the top sex that it's like for me at least like that stuff isn't even fun anymore well it's but so long. some of the campy performances it, it's also yeah way too long you become kind of like, you know you become desensitized a little, you're a little jaded by the end. as you're watching it um yeah like, you know, like some of these characters. I mean, it's it's amazing to me that uh, they still and it, it's not a good thing. It's like they still want to conquer these these women, even though that they, they've seen everything mm-hmm. and they still have to somehow like dominate and like claim them as their own. And yeah, I guess I just prefer in Basic Instinct where, you know, the the male character that feels that way, Michael Douglas, is kind of a clown. You know, he's a yep. goofball that, as I said, he's confused the entire time. Yep. He just, he doesn't yep. know what's going on, but he's... It's much more realistic, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. All right. So, our next episode, uh, we are stepping away from Paul Verhoeven's uh, sex movies, uh, mostly, and we're moving to Starship Troopers and Hollow Man. So, what are your... Uh, what are your expectations going in? Are you looking forward to this? I really disliked Starship Troopers when I saw it as a teenager. Uh, I remember not th- I thought that's uh, not that funny. Like yeah, I was like I I mean I was a little bit I think I was caught off guard uh, due to the marketing, which I think a lot of people were upon initial release. Yes. And I was like oh, so, but I quit. I remember quickly thinking like oh this is okay. It's going to be a little more comedic. Um, but I don't remember enjoying it. Um, and I've seen it maybe once or twice more. I have gone back to revisit this one. Hollow Man, I cannot say the same. I remember seeing it <laughs> upon initial release, uh, and I don't have much in the way of memories of it. Um, I don't think I was a fan, but um, it was forgettable, except for yet again. Um, I remember there being a lot of talk about a rape sequence in that film, and that was controversial at the time. Yeah. So, uh, fun month. 
here at a podcast directed by. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Uh, So I was just looking up uh, where you can see Starship Troopers. It is for rent, of course, on Amazon Prime, uh, but nothing pops up as far as free streaming, but it does sometimes play on the Sci-Fi Network if you have TV. Is it like a marathon with all the straight-to-video versions? uh, Maybe, but it's playing uh, two times in in one day at 2.30 a.m. and 9 a.m. So I guess uh, set your... Set your recorders for that. Maybe don't stay up till 2.30 a.m. to watch Starship Troopers. Uh, but we will be watching Starship Troopers and Hollow Man. And we hey, hope where's you Hollow join Man? Us. Oh, that's a good question. I guess I've got the answer for you. Okay, tell me. Where's stars, Hollow Man? Stars, baby. It's of on course stars. it's on stars. Of course. <laughs> uh, so uh, go ahead and watch those two movies with us. And we will talk about that on our next episode. And in the meantime, you should follow us on all our social media platforms. Uh, just look up at Directed by Pod and uh, tell us what you think of the show and what you think of the movies. And we will talk to you next time. Again, talking Starship Troopers and Hollow Man.